Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. On this podcast, we talk about a television show that you've probably never heard of before. It's called Star Trek Deep Space Nine. What if, though? How much do you think you could bust out right now about DS9? Is that the one Bacula's on? No, babe. No, babe. There was a few other Star Treks until he came until he came around and fixed sci-fi forever. Uh, is that the one that i don't know anything about deep space nine i'm sorry i don't know why i brought that up um so we're gonna talk about the bachelorette it's a television show where people kiss and hug and they talk and they go on dates and eat food and they look at each other and they find true love well that true love i'm talking about that true love that's not how that's not the name of the song but i was doing like a like a weird al parody of it (laughs) <laughs> instead of real love you were saying true love yeah is it the, 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 here's a lot thing a lot of people don't know about parody <laughs> is it doesn't have to be explicitly humorous oh yeah you can just like change one word from the latin paradium yeah which means uh interesting yeah <laughs> but not really but not necessarily just like this this segment is paradium it's interesting it's not very funny. But yeah, you can just change out a word. Like, I wish you would step back from that cusp, my friend. And then... <laughs> that's nice. And that's a parody. Yeah, synonymous. The more synonymous, the better. Yeah. It's fun. Language is fun. You know? Sometimes we talk about people kissing and extremely, exceedingly problematic television behavior. And sometimes like, we just talk about the nuance conversation everybody these days is just using emojis me i love the words i keep it classic with the words what would the emoji look like for parody um i don't know babe i'm so tired (laughs) i'm tired of this bit we just i haven't had anything to to drink for this recording i'm feeling completely uh fucking laser focused one day sober yeah i mean i did i did need those beers to get through the show last night um, but I, we just had a big steak dinner for Blue Apron and holy shit, it's hitting me like I just drank a bottle of wine. I'm feeling like I'm just sinking into the floor because of all that just steak, all that red meat just in my belly weighing me down. Anyway, let's make some jokes. Okay. Episode three. We are picking up where Demario left us, which is at the edge of the bachelorette property. Uh, wanting to know if he can get another chance. At the end of that very long and very wet driveway, always wet forever. (laughs) Uh, So all the guys file out of the house to watch this confrontation take place. Which is so like, it's like the walking dead. They all emerge literally simultaneously, which nobody in this house, there's a hundred of them. Nobody does anything simultaneously unless you are called out by somebody to come do it the first 10 minutes of the show is the most artifice per like frame that this show has maybe ever produced they all are actually not all of them but i would say 98 percent of them stand approximately 11 feet from rachel and demario yeah and they basically can overhear the conversation they're that close uh and chris harrison is just like there for there's a lot of times in this episode where chris harrison was just like fucking there yeah 
floating around. I mean, I'm not complaining. It was just weird because he's some fucking ghost, like, the rest of the time. he's there to, like, mediate if things get heated. Okay. I don't know what his role is anymore. Yeah, I don't either. Anymore. Uh, so DeMario proceeds to say that uh, that he can't let her go and that he messed up and that it was his fault for not being 100% truthful from the beginning. Uh, and he wants to gain her trust back. And then he lists one of his favorite quotes, which, uh, in order to experience joy, you must experience pain. Who was, who, and who did that? Who said that one? He didn't say. Oh, okay. He might've said, I thought, I don't know. I don't know who said it. I don't know that he did. Um, he also quotes his Uber driver. (laughs) Yeah. He said, I was talking to my Uber driver on the way over here. Uh, and he said, don't take no for an answer, which like, Hey, a dude. Yeah, that's a creepy saying. That's a shitty saying, also, because no's like a super good answer a lot of the time. Pretty much all the time when someone says no, I'll, I'll go so far as to say a hundred percent of the time when someone says no, it's a pretty fucking good answer, I think. <laughs> so at this point, he's kind of been monologuing for like five minutes, and Rachel finally gets a word in, uh, and she says, "You know, I need a man who owns up to his mistakes." And when confronted with a hard situation, is honest. And if you had owned up maybe in that moment, things might be different. Uh, I appreciate that you want to move forward, but forward isn't back to the mansion. It's the other way. And I'm glad you gave me that quote about the joy and the pain, <laughs> <laughs> which I wrote down. Oh, that was so good. Uh, and then she dismisses him. Yeah. She says what I, I'm looking for a man. And what I saw in that gymnasium was a boy. And yeah. so the, the go, the, the forward isn't back towards the mansion forwards. The other way was like, yeah, a, a, a fucking thermonuclear burn from outer space. It was yeah, a they, lot. They swing the camera to Demario and he says, damn, <laughs> and just walks away. Which, <laughs> like, did you, did you come back to try to like undo some of the quote unquote character assassination that happened? Because like, that didn't do it. That didn't do it. What he did do was secure his spot on Paradise, which I think he was announced. He is. We're going to talk yeah. about, I, I think, the cast members for, for Bachelor in Paradise, which I hope you don't count as a spoiler. It's like in the news, and we don't know anything about what's going to pop off at, at yeah. Bachelor in Paradise, but I want to talk about well, it. Well, and it's not like they're announcing anybody that isn't off the show. Yet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he's gone, and then Rachel turns back to all the bros that are standing there watching this take place. Uh and they're like, yeah, we just wanted to be here for you. And she's like, I'm good, though, guys. I'm super good. One of them <laughs> says, uh, he's not coming back, though, is he? And she says, fuck no. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, accentuated cursing, which, like, may not come as a surprise is absolutely my jam, uh, that, that Rachel drops this episode. Yeah, she says, I feel empowered after that, which I think we all did. Yeah. It was wonderful. Uh, then we go back to the rest of the cocktail party pre, pre-rose pre ceremony, which we never got yeah, to. there's a lot of dudes with props at this at this little party. We should talk about like sort of the general consensus is like um this like weird group think where every dude um either says like, you know, Rachel's not like the rest of women when she is confronted with something like that, she doesn't, you know, um she doesn't, you know, uh, uh fall for it. She didn't fall for it. She's really smart. Most yeah. women most women wouldn't most women would be eaten out of his hand, but she's She's not like the rest and she's, she's really smart and like, yeah, Rachel's very, very great, but it's like all of them were saying this, the same thing. Like she's not some high school girl who, um, dates, dates somebody and then like keeps getting back together with them and they treat the her wrong. The one thing I will say about Rachel is that she was so ready 
like she said exactly the right thing. I feel like her reaction to him was, uh, so much better phrase than I think most people would have done. Like yeah. she was just like, she was ready. She's like, I appreciate you want to move forward. Yes. It's not to the mansion. Like, how good is that? That's it's really good. good. By the way, the name of the woman in the gymnasium was Lexi. And I felt bad all <laughs> oh, week no. that we didn't write down what her name was because that must've been a very, very uh, tough thing to do. So, uh, okay. So can I talk about the men with the props now? Yeah. Okay. So Tickle Monster has giant foam hands. Big old ever long hands. I fucking that he's wearing. Or uh the, they might, they might giants. be giant's hands, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're enormous. And and I don't know how he packed them. Uh, but he brings them out and he he does a little fondling and she fondles back and it's it's a fun moment. A Rachel, lot of people in the chat comments were like, This is grossing me out. Y'all, you gotta be here for they might be giants hands. You have Rachel, to celebrate uh, it. Rachel appreciates that he always has something funny to do. If this dude was not tickle monster, I think I would show up for him. Yeah. I think I would go to bat for him. Cause he's kind of a, a he he there's a weird sort of kiss contest, but not in the <laughs> fucking Bachelor Pad season two way, but in a like, did you get a kiss? I want a kiss. Oh, yeah. That happens later on that he's party too, which uh sucks, but like Otherwise, like, he just seems like a perfectly, like, decent kind of a goober dude. If he wasn't a fucking tickle monster, which I don't think he applied for. No. I don't think he was like, I want to be the tickle monster this season. No, the Chris Harrison Facebook live stream where he announced all the contestants... Chris Harrison actually says what his real career is, but I can't remember. Like but he, neurosurgeon. <laughs> he makes it clear that Bachelor chose Tickle Monster for him. I'd be pissed off. Are you fucking kidding me? I had to quit my job and like buy three new suits and like fly out to LA and then probably get embarrassed by your like shitty television show. And then you're going to make me be the fucking tickle monster. Am I going to win? Am I, hey, real quick, if I take that on, am I going to win as the tickle monster? Remember, was it Chris Soul's season where there was chicken enthusiast? Gone episode like one or two. Like chicken yeah. enthusiast isn't a, chicken enthusiast isn't for closers. That's for episode one or two go home. No, it's true. It's true. Uh, Alex was there with his Rubik's Cube, which is his, uh, his like talisman of intelligence. Everybody. Are you knocking people who are, I, I, I think people who are super good at Rubik's Cubes are, you think they're inherently smart because they can do a Rubik's Cube? I can't fucking cube? do a Rubik's Cube. Could you train yourself, though, if you spent enough hours? Sure, that's why, and that's what he did, because I think he was doing it, like, without looking or whatever. He did do kind of an insulting thing where he solved it except for, like, one rotation no. and then handed it to her. Like, can you figure it out? Like, yeah, she can, but... I just think it indicates, like, a compulsive uh, training regimen. Not yeah. necessarily that he's some kind of brilliant man. I think he is. Okay. This was a very good Alex episode. Kenny has photos of his daughter. Uh, Will has a, like, a tiny tykes basketball hoop. Yeah, they do some, they do some uh, just pretty sick dunking on that. And then, what does he say? Uh, so he, he was on the basketball date and his team won on that date. And he says, you know, and I, I feel like I won again tonight and, like, gets a kiss and from she, her. And she says, shit. Will got lines and yeah. then goes and kisses him. It was really yeah. cute. Um, and then we go back. Let's just sprint fucking. This is like a tunnel full of cobwebs and neither of us want to be in this cobweb tunnel, tunnel There's getting cobwebs all over Blake. us. Let's just fucking sprint through it. There's they, more Lucas and Blake stuff. L- Lucas, 
is talking to Rachel about Blake and suggests that maybe Blake has an issue with him because Rachel asks, like, what what's the deal? Why does Blake not like you? And Lucas says, maybe he has a crush on me. Cool and great. And then he, he, he tells a story about a banana. Yeah, he goes on to say, um, yeah, I, I feel like this is the most Lucas. This is more Lucas than Waboom is, right? He says, like, this dude doesn't like me because he's got a crush on me, which is th- th- cool homophobia, just like right out there. Yeah. And goes on to say, like, yeah, I saw him. Um, I was sleeping and I saw him standing over me while uh, I slept and he peeled a banana and ate it. And it was like, is that a shitty gay joke? Or like, is that, is that how it hit you? It hit me as like, he was trying to do like a really shitty joke and couldn't even stick that particular yeah. comedy landing. No, not I mean, that, not that if he had, it would have been uproariously funny, but this is like lowest common denominator fucking two and a half men bullshit. And you couldn't even land that plane, huh, Lucas? I think that's exactly what happened because when he finished saying it, Rachel had zero reaction. And then she's like, is this serious? And I think in that moment, he decided, yes, yes, it is serious. Uh Oh, she didn't laugh. Oh, man. Uh, And then she asked him if Blake finished the banana, which I thought was a fun detail to get clarity on. Uh, She then goes (laughs) to Blake and Blake's response is the only funny thing that comes out. Yeah. The only funny thing to ever come out of this whole Lucas or Blake thing was a thing Blake says, um, not intended. I think it sort of parts the curtain a little bit and we get to see inside of the, the, the real depths of Blake's soul. Cause she says, he said you were over him sleeping and eating a banana. And he said, <laughs> well, first off, I can tell you that's not true because I'm on a ketogenic diet and I don't eat carbs and I don't eat carbs. And it was so like, <laughs> That's where you're, that's where, that's immediately, uh, objection. I don't eat bananas because of my ketogenic diet. Cuts back over to Lucas and he's like, Wah! like freaking out. Oh no, he's got me. I feel like it's Lucas, a real Sherlock moment Lucas, there. I was trying to do a Phoenix Wright thing, but I feel like Lucas should have gone home and Blake should have stayed for that moment. Cause she's like, Blake, you have to stay after fucking shutting down his argument like that. Hey, who's Phoenix Wright? He's a video game lawyer, um, and he's a defense attorney, and there are people at home that are just, like, clapping right now. They just love these references. Thanks, Griffin. (laughs) Um, And I don't remember anything else about their conversation. I don't really want to talk anymore about it. Uh, yeah, Blake just tells us the viewer, he says, you know, I just the more I talk about this with her, the more it makes it, it sound like I'm the crazy one. Okay. Which, like, yeah, cool. Blake. Okay, rose ceremony. Can we just talk about who goes home? Uh, yes. Yeah, so do we know um, who goes home? I know. I know. We we know two who, people. Who well, go home. I don't know that we know anything besides. Oh, the two. shoot. I don't know that we're going to find it either. Maybe you can look for it. But um, I will say. That it gets down to Lee, Diggy, Blake, and Lucas. And they keep cutting back and forth between Blake and Lucas. Which one's going to go home? One of these guys has to be the winner. One of these guys wins the argument. Who is it? Oh, Jamie. Jamie also goes home. Don't know. I don't know who Jamie is. No clue. Um, Uh, And also Blake and Lucas go home. They both go home. Uh, Diggy gets the final rose, um, which like, I hope we get, I hope we get some more Diggy time. I know. We haven't gotten much Diggy time really at all. Diggy wears a lot of great clothes, right? That's Diggy, isn't it? Uh, he's got a lot of shoes. He has the, he's the one who had yeah. like all the, the big shoe collection. So Lucas goes home first and says some dumb shit and leaves. 
Um, Blake goes and says, like, it's a shame I got dragged into this drama. I really liked you, and I think we could have had a connection, and then leaves. And then... And then they stand outside. They try to set up this thing where they did two, like, side-to-side in-the-moment interviews that they do with the people after they get just sent home. Just far enough but away. just far enough and away. Just at the same time where they can hear each other talking. And Blake talks about how, like, this guy lives in my town. I can't get away from him. And... Which is an important like clue, I feel like. And then here's uh here's Lucas talk about like, you know, fuck Blake and um that guy's that guy's a tool or whatever. And then L- Blake goes to walk over to confront Lucas and just kind of puts his hand on his back and says, uh, hey buddy, uh, how you doing? Uh and then Lucas is like, pretty good. And Lucas Blake says, Well, I just want to let you know you're a piece of shit and fuck you and you got me kicked off this show and like gives him the finger and walks away. I can't believe how note for note I'm fucking breaking this down, breaking yeah. down this battle. Yeah, basically Blake says like you you ruined my chance here. You know, any shot I had at winning is gone because of you. And Lucas says it's not about winning, it's about the world. Uh and then they hurl insults at each other like uh, uh, down the driveway. And they start mocking each other's voices. Uh it's it's a sorry state of affairs. It's it's also like Two things. Like, there was clearly a producer like, all right, boys, if you want to be on BIP, final shot, give it a go. Here we go. Just start yelling. Keep keep going, going. keep keep going, going. keep going, keep going, keep going. The fact, number two, the fact that they live in the same fucking town, have been on a television show before, where they were rivals on that television show, then were on this television show, and instantly and inexplicably became rivals again, and then played out this final, completely catastrophic, failed comedy battle bachelor it was even like playing that fucking like boom 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 music of like uh-oh a clown fight and it's like it wasn't fucking there was nothing remotely funny about it fucking at all or entertaining about no. it at all and so like justin and sydney texted him were like so they definitely like came up with this at home and brought this this scene to play out here and it's like I mean, definitely. The question is, like, did Bachelorette, like, say, hey, come on and do We saw you on Exile. Come on and do this scene. There's so many ways to read this that's just, like, this was clearly a, a some, some, some acting, some play acting that was going on. And the fact that this was sought out and brought onto the show is mind-boggling because it sucks so bad. It was, it was not funny. It was not entertaining. I will say, I just came up with a parallel for Lucas. Cause Lucas thinks he's a comedian, right? Mm. He thinks that's what his career is. You know who Lucas reminds me of? Oh, I hope this is going to not be insulting to the fictional character. Oh, good. Joey Gladstone. I mean, that's no, that's doing Remember an immense, I, yes, it's doing an immense disservice to Mr. Woodchuck and Joey Gladstone <laughs> okay. in general because he targeted that shit at kids. That's true. If you showed up in front of a bunch of kids and just shouted waboom and shook your head around, what about cut it out. That was for us. For adults? Yeah. I mean, he had some adult material. Yeah. They didn't <laughs> let him break it out on the show very much. This dude came on this show and thought, I'll captivate America on this adult dating reality show by just shaking my head around and screaming waboom and saying the most inane bullshit imaginable. We've just wasted like five minutes of people's time with it. They wasted fucking maybe four cumulative hours of our time with it and goodbye, fuck off, please don't come to BIP. Please, God, please, fuck. Lucas definitely is coming to BIP. Fuck. Fuck.
I don't know if Blake is. Uh, okay. Group date. First date card. Um, lights, camera, action. Brian, Jonathan, Peter, Alex, Will, Fred. They are going to the Ellen show. Explosion of applause and jubilation and celebration. Rachel says, Ellen is my spirit animal. Yes. (laughs) Which I don't know if that's cool to say about a person, but. Um, I would be psyched (laughs) to go on Ellen. Oh, me too. It seems like it'd be a fucking really, really fun time. I know people talk, talk some shit about like, oh, you go on and you dance, but like, yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun. So what? I do Ellen. I do the chew. I would fucking tear up the chew. You putting you... a call out there right now, Hollywood Griffin Matthews? Hey, the chew. Get at me, please. Hey, the chew. It's the Griffin. It's the Griffin. Come chew me up. <laughs> uh, so the dudes all show up. That wasn't a war thing, by the way. Please, God, don't delete that tweet. <laughs> delete it. Um, it was a little bit of war thing. Okay. The dudes all show up. They don't really know exactly what they're going to be doing. Uh, they just, they know that they will be part of the show. They have not been told how. And Rachel goes out first to talk to Ellen and she answers some questions. One of the questions is if she's kissed anybody yet, which she says that she has, which some of the dudes are surprised about, namely Fred, because Fred has not kissed her. Jonathan as well. Jonathan, yes. Uh, guys all come out and surprise, they have to take their shirts off. They take their shirts off and dance all up on women for, I guess they have dollars that they give the men in their pant, uh, waist, waistbands. <laughs> the men in their pants. Uh, yeah, the, the guys all dance and we watch them dance. Uh, Alex and Kenny probably have the best moves. Yes. For, for reasons that we will understand later. Um, but Al- Alex, everybody is kind of surprised by because he grinds up on somebody's grandma and then says like, Whoever's in, a, in the moment interview, like whoever's grandma that was, I'm really sorry. I'm not usually like this. Um, we both had a lot of fun. Uh, Tickle Monster doesn't dance well. Imagine that. Uh, he's more of a, he's more about fine, fine movements. <laughs> yeah. He's more about, not, he's, he doesn't sort of please the mind or the eye. He, he pleases, his hands dance. he pleases the body mm-hmm. with his hands. Uh, somebody in the Rosebase group was talking about how this was very objectifying for the men, which it definitely was. For sure. I will say it definitely happens on The Bachelorette a lot. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's... There's uh, always men lubing up and wrestling and... Yes, yes, yes. ...taking their shirts off, and that's just part of it, man, every season. Yeah, that's not to excuse it. I mean, there's also, like, fucking, like, Chris... I'm saying it didn't surprise me. Chris Soul. What's the worst objectification? I think the worst one... Exactly what you're about to say. I can remember is Chris Soul's season. They have... uh, It was a group date. I think it was, like, six or seven women. They inexplicably... Do a tractor race down... bikinis. Down a street. And I think San Francisco. I think they went to San Francisco for it. And so they were in San Francisco in the middle of the fucking street and they had to race down the street in tractors wearing bikinis. And it was was also a challenge his season where they had to run around and do farm chores. And one of them was to like milk a goat and then drink that milk at the end of the challenge. Oh, yeah. That one was pretty gross, too. For for other reasons. That's not, I don't fuck with nothing without Louis Pasteur's seal of approval on it. Thanks, science. Uh, okay, so then the dudes all end up on stage playing Never Have I Ever, which if you're not familiar with the game. Everyone knows what Never Have I Ever Okay. <laughs> uh, so the questions are, have you ever hit on someone while you're on a date? 
everybody says no, and then Rachel says, you all, you lied. You literally just danced all up on a bunch of people in front of me on this date. Uh, there was also, have you thought about having sex with Rachel? And both Alex and Peter say no, which nobody believes. That's, that's, I'm going to give folks the benefit of the doubt about stuff. And like, um, I think there's a difference between like, I'm not saying it's good to objectify somebody, but like. They I did. Guess, I guess there's a difference between having sexual thoughts and explicitly thinking about having sex with someone. Ye- Whoa. <laughs> you, you just <laughs> took my fucking shit apart. I'm saying, like, I, it is bad to look at somebody and think about what it would be like to have sex with them. But when you are on a dating reality show where you're going on dates with somebody and spending all of this time competing for somebody's affection, and then, like, you probably think about it. I guess that's a stereotype because I I will say that I don't have memories of thinking that when I first met guys that I was attracted to. Oh jeez. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't think about you didn't think about this? <laughs> For those at home, Griffin is doing a very seductive dance. <laughs> God. Um that was a god of pleasure. That was not yeah. like a disappointment. God. There is definitely a stereotype, though, I guess, that men think about that. And I just assumed it was true. I don't know. I don't want to comment on that as much as I will comment on, like, you're on a fucking dating competition show where, like, you are trying to mack on somebody as efficiently as is humanly possible during the limited time you have with them to try and get married. You probably think about the, the what the sex would be like, I bet. Yeah, especially some of those dates that are very sexual. I guess we haven't had any of those this season. Yet. No. Uh, I mean, this date was sexual for some of the people in the audience. but Other things that came out, um, we know that Alex has peed in the pool at the Bachelor Mansion. Bachelor Mansion. The Bachelor Mansion. <laughs> uh, Alex was like, uh, he did a in-the-moment interview where he was like, I just answered honestly every time. <laughs> I wanted to know. I can be honest. Uh, Peter, Will, and Alex have all texted nude selfies. Um, the one, next question was, has uh, anyone hooked up with a woman twice their age? And Fred says that he has, which Rachel says explains a lot because he was a count or a camper when she was a counselor. That doesn't explain anything. Well, she's just kind of joking that yeah. like, he likes older women. Um. And then Fred tells a story about having met her before, and she manages to squeeze in the fact that he was bad again. It was really, un- this part was really uncomfortable, because it was like, why does the audience need to hear about this part? Like, it got, like, weirdly serious after, like, joking about Alex peeing in the pool. I also do, like... I thought they were kind of setting it up, like, maybe Fred was completely candid, because I thought maybe they were setting up, like, all the guys being shocked, like, what? You knew her before? Yeah. But that is not what happened. I kind of wonder if there wasn't some other reason why Rachel wasn't, like, real, real into Fred that we never really got told, which is not to say, like, Rachel was being sneaky or anything. I totally get it. Think about it, like... Think about, like, kids you babysat for. Like, could you ever think of them as, like, romantic peers? That is a completely banana cakes question that you're asking me. But, like, no, I guess not. That's what. That's where I think Rachel's coming from. Like, I was introduced to you as a young camper. What's the, what's the age? What's the age difference? Because I didn't think it was that much. It's really not that much. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, But I, I just, like, for example, when I was in high school... Uh, we 
worked with a bunch of fifth graders at like a that's, high school camp. That's way too much. That's obviously like that's way true. too far. That's obviously way, way too many years. Well, like, what if I, what if I had met you? Oh, this is a fun game that Rachel and I like to play sometimes. Where, and the best thing about this game, check this out, is you don't have to stress out about whether or not you're going to win the game or not because nobody wins the game. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was, uh, for sake of a sophomore, if you were a sophomore in high school, I would have been a fifth grader. That's it. That's what's up. <laughs> and and I'm just saying. I think it would be hard to get that out of my mind. Sure. When I got, I got you. older. That's I mean, all I, I'm saying. I, I was pretty fucking smooth. Were you, were you good, good fifth- looking? <laughs> Are you smoother than a fifth grader was a show that they were going to do about <laughs> yes. me. But Jeff Foxworthy wasn't famous enough Jeff yet. Jeff Foxworthy was still the host? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be somebody like smooth? No, Jeff Foxworthy is pretty fucking smooth, man. I guess that is operating on the argument that Jeff Foxworthy is smart, which is why he hosts Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. Uh, he's more famous than it, it, anybody in this whole city combined. So I think he's pretty, he's pretty smart. Um, I have a note on my phone. Oh, I probably don't because I don't have an iPhone anymore. But for a while, like Rachel and I, when we would go to bed, we would just like talk about like the dumbest shit oh, and I would take gosh. notes. I forgot about this. And, and it, this is good because nothing will ever happen with it, but I just want to put it out there into the universe. One of those notes that was on my phone for like four <laughs> years was simply Jeff Foxworthy TED Talk. <laughs> yeah. We did some we did some runs at that. That was fun. <laughs> uh, okay, let's what happened next? Okay. So, uh, then they're going to a place called Hudson Loft for drinks for the night portion. And this is where Fred tells us, the viewer, that he is super into Rachel. He says that she is deeply rooted in his soul uh, and that he has been waiting 20 years to kiss her. So, a lot of expectations. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Then we get a nice little tidbit from Alex. Alex gets some time with her and... And talks about the different eye contact and what they mean. Yeah, he says, you look at me in the left eye with your left eye, which I can, means I can tell you're telling the truth. Well, he says the left eye is emotion and the right eye is logic. And you always look at me in your left eye. Which- I'm partially blind in my left eye. Does that mean I'm not as emotional as you are? What eye am I looking at you? I go right to left. Or no, I go right to right. No, babe. <laughs> You can't do it while you're thinking about it. All right, it. hold on. Three, two, one, go. Yeah, I go right to right. I think I look in your right eye too. Shit. Maybe I just trained myself because of your partial blindness. Yeah, that wasn't always. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it was a nice little fun fact from Alex. Um, and there's just like a lot of kissing and hugging between her and the dudes, uh, especially after this date where they're, I guess all the guys found out they were kissing. They just felt like, hey, now... Now it's kissing Palooza. Yeah. Um, and then it's time for Fred and Rachel. And Fred starts talking about how he's been waiting for the right time to kiss her. And he says, is now that time? And she says, are you asking me? Because most of the time you just, the people just like do it. And a lot of folks are making really, really good points about like kind of a missed opportunity to like talk about explicit consent here. And that would have been like cool because that is kind of what Fred did by saying like, I'm going to kiss you now. Is this the, I've been waiting for the right moment to kiss you. 
is this it? And if she was feeling it with Fred, she probably wouldn't have cared. That was the problem is that like she so wasn't and so like and and Fred's approach was Fred's Fred's approach my main problem with this and the reason like the shine came off the Fred apple for me was that like Fred's approach to this was literally oh everyone else has gotten kisses. I'm going to go get one of those kisses too, which is a really fucking bogus like Yeah. It's a really, really fucking bogus argument and a really shitty way to like think about this, this process. I feel like it wasn't aided by the fact that she wasn't into him. And I don't know why she even kept him around this long, but anyway, they do kiss and they do kiss. It is- and the way the show is edited, it makes it look like they go back to the group. Immediately she picks up the rose and asks Fred to walk out again. And Fred thinks he's going to get that rose. The whole, she's holding it. The taking hand. the rose thing is mean, but it's also literally uh, what happens every time that the, yeah. this next part happens. Yeah. So she walks him away from the group. Uh, and she said that she knows she's been focused on the past. Uh, and she felt like she was doing a disservice uh, by doing that. But she just can't reciprocate. And it wouldn't be fair to keep him around. Uh, so they get in the elevator and they go down. And They hold hands in the elevator, which uh, they did. Really? I didn't yeah, notice that. Yeah, they were holding hands. Oh. Which was like... Uh. And all the guys are looking out the window and they think maybe they're going on some little one-on-one excursion, but she puts he's him just, in the car. He's just going on a one excursion. And he uh, he tells us in the car that he was falling in love with her. See, like, that's a lot, man. <sighs> that's a lot for episode three. That's a lot for episode three and a lot to, like, follow up this, like... I'm sorry. She says uh, later on that um, all these other dudes are kissing her. That they kiss like men and he kiss like a boy, which is a really Ooh, fucking brutal thing yeah. to say about somebody as they're leaving a television show. But at the same time, like you can't go from I want to get a kiss because everyone else got a kiss to I think I was falling in love with her because that that um, I I'm sorry. It's kind of a childish way to think about rom- romance, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. He was just fixated. Yeah. Uh, So she ends up giving the rose to Alex. Yeah. Who just had a good. He had a a good good show. He was very charming, and he Mm -hmm. uh, really put his fucking back into that booty. That booty pop. Mm Hmm. Really grinded those nuts on just a bunch of folks. Just a bunch of them. Uh, Before we go on to the next thing, do you think maybe that I could take a moment from the podcast and a moment of your time to steal you away? Oh, it's on me now, huh? I don't have one ready. How about this? I'll do this. I spit. I spit everywhere. (laughs) I spit all over myself and the ground and the chair. I spit on myself, my shirt, the chair, the ground. Sorry, I couldn't deliver this week. I'm sorry, I delivered what I delivered. It was subpar. <laughs> uh, our sponsors this week include Blue Apron. Hey, you were just talking about them. Yeah, I ate your good steak, and it made me tired. Uh, so Blue Apron is a meal service. Oh, don't look at the notes, babe. Speak from the heart. Speak from the soul. <laughs> we literally just ate it. We can probably talk about it. Uh, for less than 10 bucks per person per meal, they deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients that you can use to make delicious home-cooked meals. They have meals listed here. Let's just talk about some stuff that they've sent us that turned out fucking baller. Uh, this steak with the roasted vegetables was really, really good. It was good. Um, and had a salsa verde. 
with capers that I'm I'm turning around on capers. Big fan. We did a honey rhubarb chicken that was pretty good. We did the barbecue chicken wings oh, um, those with really the good. sweet potato fries. They're fucking awesome. Those are really good. Um, yeah, they're all really good. We love Blue Apron and like it feeds us and um, it's like stressful for us to meal plan just because our schedule is so tight between like work, our, our individual jobs in the podcast and a baby um, and like having three dinners per week kind of spoken for yeah. is like actually really, really helpful. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I have some go-to meals that I've been making for years now uh, and I'm bored with them. Yeah. And Griffin clearly is also bored with them. I'm not bored with them. I guess like, you make like a turkey chili. That's good. And you make a pasta sauce. That's really good. Um, but like um, we have never had the same meal twice from blue apron yeah. in the year that we've been using it. And that's not like bullshit. That's the truth. They change the menu constantly. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash rose. Uh, I also wanted to talk about jet. Um, do you remember that band? Do you remember the band Jet? I do. What What was their song? They came out around the same time as the Strokes did. Uh, they had, oh, Are You Gonna Be My Girl? Was yeah. that them? Oh, man. Split up in 2012. It's a shame. No, this isn't the band. Although, wouldn't that be crazy if they were like, we're announcing our reunion oh. on Rose Buddies? Rose Buddies is supported in part by Jet, a shopping site that makes it easy to save money on the stuff you buy all the time. You used Jet to buy some stuff. I did. Yeah, it was. I'm a big. I'm a big deal hunter. Uh, I like it's finding true. things at a discount. You're a couponista. Uh, yeah. Uh, and on Jet.com, prices drop as you shop. The more you add to your cart, the more you save. Free shipping on orders over thirty five dollars. Free returns within thirty days. No membership or annual fees. Uh, you can save twenty percent off your first two orders of thirty five bucks or more if you visit Jet.com and you enter the promo code Buddies at checkout. Yeah. So, for example, I bought some stuff for Henry, and I knew I wasn't going to return it, and I knew I was going to pay with a debit card, and that saved me some money. Yeah. So there's little options here and there to choose that will save you some dollars. That's Jet.com. Code buddies. Terms and conditions apply. See Jet.com for those deets. Uh, I got a Jumbotron. Hit me with it. Over the head. Well, I don't want to do that. Come on. Bludge me with this thing. (laughs) Uh, The message is for Patrick and Kristen. Hi. It is from Laura. Hi, Laura. The Bachelor claims to know of love, but here's what's really true. Nothing is as pure as the example set by you. Oh, man. Congrats on your marriage. Pat, I'm so grateful you're my brother. And Kristen, I'm so lucky I get you as a sister. I know Lil Grinder is watching your special day from doggy heaven. Aww. Making turdlets on heaven's carpet in celebration. Oh, oh man, there there were a few messages that would get me to say the word turdlets. This was the one. Though. This was the one. And I was about to talk about how much I missed the grinder, the know, TV show. But it's good that we didn't because this sounds like a more serious yes. loss. Yes. Although the grinder TV show was a serious loss. But this is more. I would do but want to stress this. Serious. This is more serious. more serious. Yes. Um. Congratulations on your on your on your marriage. Yes. Uh, another jumbotron. Yeah, I got it. If you're ready, can I read it? Sure. This message is for Lars, King of the Crabs, Beak Lord of the Squid Squad, and Father of Dragons, and it's from Megan, who doesn't have any 
special titles. Um, Megan says, Happy Father's Day. Oh, that's coming up. You know what I you know. You know what you got for? Uh-huh, I do. Mm-hmm. You have many amazing attributes, but watching you with our sons always fills my heart with love. Thank you for being my partner and better half in the huge job of raising two crazy children. I know you are in this for the right reasons. Love, Megan. That is so sweet. It's a good one. Can we just do a podcast that's just like us reading nice messages that people have for each other? Are we getting paid each time? (laughs) (laughs) Seems kind of like a scam. (laughs) No, people wouldn't have to pay us. It could just be like a, you know. You just open the floodgates. Okay, this is not going to happen. This is uh, this is obviously not going to happen because like the last thing we can do is take on new projects. But how nice would that be? Everybody's favorite part of Delilah is when Delilah, with that smoky voice, is just like... Here's one for Jeffrey and Jeffrey, your best friend, Art- Artemis, wants you to know that he's sorry about stealing your car and driving it into the ocean. Here's a little song by Billy Ocean. And then, <laughs> but then like the, the Billy Ocean song wouldn't play and they would just go right on to the next like, Susan, hi, it's Delilah. You know, the holidays are a hard time of year for <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week, we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning, you won't believe it. But it's also, like, (laughs) funny. It's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. So we go back to the mansion, and this is where we start to see some of Eric's inner turmoil. Uh, Eric is not getting a lot of passion from Rachel. He doesn't feel like he's really connecting with her. Eric was the dude who was on the After the Final Rose who came out and danced. Yeah, danced that we we liked so much. Yeah, we're just in love with it. But they're kind of stagnating, and he's starting to get concerned about it, and he's kind of talking about it in the house. He's just like – he's. this happens to like somebody maybe more than just one person every season. We're just like, you get really, really, really insecure and that insecurity manifests in very like visible ways. Yeah, well, you're just making yourself so vulnerable. Like you're on this television program where all of America is watching you compete for this woman. Yeah. And the woman doesn't have to give you anything back. And he is very uncomfortable with that. Right. Uh, so we get more of that later, but first. It is a one-on-one date with Anthony. Okay. This is the first time I think this has ever happened. And no date card. No date card that they we saw. They didn't show it. It's just we see Anthony walking down the street by himself. Anthony, who, like, I loved his bio. He's my uh, Murakami buddy. Um, and we haven't seen anything from him. And then he's just like, oh, and here he is on a solo date. It's like, really? I, I thought Anthony was maybe going to go home this episode because we haven't seen anything with him. But yeah, here he is. filmed him describing the date card. <laughs> But not showing it. Yeah, which was weird. I wonder if there's some... Well, they ran out of tape because... What if there's some alternate universe where, like... They didn't focus, like, so much time on fucking Waboom and on on Babooble and Lucas. Or somebody else got the one-on-one date and they had to... Pivot. Wow. I don't know. That's crazy. That's crazy conspiracy theory. Uh, So they are on Rodeo Drive. And who shows up on a horse but Rachel? (laughs) (laughs) And Rachel has an extra horse for Anthony, and they're going to ride horses. <laughs> the way you've pitched this it makes it sound like she shows up on a horse. Like, hey, Anthony, 
Well, I've got I've got this other horse I'm not riding if you want to. <laughs> I like that universe where like wacky stuff happens all the time and they just turn it into dates. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they're going to ride these horses down Rodeo Drive, uh, and everybody is like losing their mind on Rodeo Drive, taking videos of them. And then they ride the horses into a cowboy themed store where they get boots and hats and belt buckles. And I wonder about the scouting for locations on this. Yeah, this is like, um, when we scouted for, we did like, a uh, segment on my bim bam where on the TV show where we ran around and like got little jobs at local businesses. And that just entailed like producers that morning, like calling the places and be like, we'll just be in there for a minute. We promise not to break anything. I can't. And, and that even there was some pushback. And this was like the most comfortable scenario you could maybe yeah. imagine. Cause I think we knew the owners of two of the stores and they were still like, Ooh, I don't know to be like, Hey, these, um, uh, these people who are in this dating reality show are going to come in here on these 12 foot monsters that are probably <laughs> going to shit and piss all over the place. And so pros, you'll get exposure for your store. Con, there will be a live horse in here. Stink won't leave. Stink won't leave. <laughs> horse will get real freaked out, cut itself on the glass and you'll be liable for like all that. But um, what do you say? Uh, so they get all their Western gear and then they go to a sprinkles cupcake ATM. They get, they they get get matching red cowboy boots and like cowboy hats and it's fucking awesome. It's really good. They do not get off the horses. It is so important for you to keep in mind. (laughs) Once they are on these horses on this date, they literally never step off. And so they're like putting boots on Anthony's feet as he's like up on top of this very, very big fucking horse. Anthony, I think I read... Uh, is six four, and so like, and he looked kind of tiny on this giant mammoth horse. So, this Wowzers. is just inside of a store, um, clopping around. Okay, so the cupcakes, the cupcakes, they get the cupcakes that are called horse cupcakes. Is Rodeo? I'm sorry that I have to ask this because it makes me sound like the biggest fucking rube. But like, <laughs> can you just ride horses on Rodeo no, Drive? No way. There's no way, right? Somebody will probably correct us, but there's just no way. The date card, Chris said, like, one of these dates is something that I guarantee can only happen in L.A. As if riding horses on Rodeo Drive and just going into the fucking stores is something you can do, kind of like you can just drink openly on Bourbon Street. I will say I have seen people riding horses around Austin. Have you seen that before? Well, that's Texas. That's, like, statewide. (laughs) Okay, okay. It's Uh, just... it, 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 it. this show didn't even address it. It just made it seem like, yeah, you can ride horses down Rodeo Drive and they let you just go right into the businesses. That's probably not true because that's like a fucking buckwild Mad Max way to govern, kind of. Yeah, like what if everybody decided one day that they were all going to do it's it? It's horse day. It's horse day. June 7th is horse day. Oh, that's today. That'll be the day this episode comes out. It's horse day. Everybody get out there. Saddle up. Everybody get on your horses. Go into boutique clothing stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I just walk into a fucking <laughs> canter into a Forever 21. It's like, oh, that top's cute. <laughs> I've just trampled a, an Maybe employee. this will drive demand and stores will start carrying horse gear. Mm. Yeah, maybe. You know, so you can get a this little cupcake, top. This cupcake store had a horse cupcake. A little top for you and a little top for your pony. Yeah. My pony ate all the bracelets on this counter. <laughs> Is it okay if I just leave or do I need to... <laughs> As I, am I going to be arrested or like to just tell me what the tell me what the protocol is? He ate all these necklaces. <laughs> uh, so they are in this boutique clothing store. And this is when we find out, or at least when I found out, that you cannot show horse poop on television. 
Fucking double standard. Double standard with what? <laughs> what? When can you show poop? You can't. You can't ever. show human poop, and I'm down with that. Although they show poop and they blur it out. Usually on Are You the One, that's the only show where they'll even sort of show what you. What about dog? Can can you can you show dog? I could look at dog poop. I'm fine with that. <laughs> no, but is it allowed? Oh, probably not. No, but we can watch it. Here's what I'm saying: double standard. We can watch somebody fucking. Insight NCIS, somebody gets shot in the fucking head, or like, good point. Um, special victims units, like you cut the whole torso into little bites. Good point. But we can't show a little bit of poop. It's natural. <laughs> it's just somebody gets shot in the tummy on NYPD Blue, and the guts come out. But you can't show me just a little bit of some poop. Anyway, the horse poops in the store, and we don't get to see it. <laughs> but we can watch fucking. <laughs> Thanks, ABC, for not showing us what we want to see. We can watch Grey's Anatomy, where somebody gets, like, a fucking radio antenna. Lit on fire. Lit on fire. There was a recent episode where a human being was on fire. Hey, guys, you made me watch Kyle Chandler explode, but I can't watch him poop in a toilet (laughs) and then see the poop. It's all I want. I can watch Kyle Chandler turn into red mist as he explodes as he tries to get the bomb out. (laughs) And Meredith sees it, and she's not the same afterwards. But you can't let me watch someone stand up and then let me see the poop that they made in the potty. (laughs) A real mature Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, it's medical, okay? You're a medical show. Show me the poop. Okay. Please don't let that be a phrase that people associate with you. That's up to them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, night portion of their date. Um, Nothing. How <laughs> much happens? They go and they have dinner and they have um, some night. He gets very, very deep, I feel like, in his conversations. Yeah, he's he, like, an old soul. That's he's an old soul. Out. She says, you're an old soul. How did you get like that? He and, gets a rose. And he gets a rose. They go and they dance in front of a, a jazz quartet a, yeah. on top of a scenic overlook looking over L.A. And it is the most, like, Mulholland Drive, like, w- weird Land, shit. To have a more current reference. I mean, La La yeah, I guess maybe a little bit. We can stick with Mulholland Drive if you want. <laughs> um. So, and then I think what happens, he gets back from the date, and then we get back to the, the Eric stuff, yeah? Well, so first there's a date card. Uh, group date, Brady, Dean, Adam, when we're assuming Adam Jr., Kenny, Bryce, Lee, Jack, and Eric. This is where we find out Iggy does not get a date this week. Yeah. He has not been invited on anything. Uh, and so he's a little upset about that. Uh, and then this is where Eric starts talking about his insecurities again, and Iggy decides he will not let it stand. And so he enters the conversation that Eric is having with some of the other guys. He's mostly talking with Anthony, who just got back from the date, and he's like talking about, he's, he's not even, um, he's not talking to Anthony in any sort of heated way. He's just like sort of expressing why he, he's very, very vocal about his insecurity and like, um, maybe, maybe more so than like strategically you should be in this house. Cause I think anytime you show a sign of weakness on this show, like people are going to come after you to an extent, but Iggy just kind of like drops himself down on a chair, like across from their conversation and is like, okay, so you're what you're saying that like Rachel's not doing this for authentic reasons and she's like not being real or what are you what are you saying yeah eric eric has some concerns because he just can't tell because he hasn't spent enough time with her 
where Rachel's head's at. And he makes some comments about whether or not she's really committing to the process like he is and like all the other guys are. And Iggy decides that this is his moment to pounce. And Eric gets really upset uh, that Iggy has entered the conversation unprompted and is now kind of going after him. And he yells. He does some yelling. Yeah. Um, and this is... <sighs> This is, I guess, when Lee starts to, does Lee, Lee, okay, we get, this sequence is shot in a weird way where we see a lot of the other dudes kind of reacting Yeah, exactly, because Eric, Eric is, he's, he's yelling, like, other guys notice. Yeah, and so, like, this is, this is kind of foreshadowing for what happens later in that we see, like, Lee and, I think, um... Brady, like looking over from a couch and like kind of like noticing it. It was just like a weird cutaway thing that like me watching was like, Oh, okay. So this is something that's going to be a thing. Yeah. Probably later. Yeah. Um, I, I will say at no point in this episode do I have any concerns about Eric. Yeah. I don't either. Like he, he, he pounces, he loses he, his temper. He loses his temper with he's Iggy. He's under a lot of stress. Yeah. Sure. He, and, and I don't know that he necessarily, says or does anything especially harmful he does kind of pounce on iggy a little bit but like iggy also was just like being a being a nosy dude and like literally walked into this circle where these like three dudes were talking and just kind of like hunkered down into this conversation was like oh so you think rachel's inauthentic well and iggy too like iggy has a right to feel kind of frustrated because he doesn't get a date this week so to hear any guy yeah sure that just got a date complain yeah i get it he's kind of intolerant about yeah. it so anyway so it, 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 this is it, there's a thing we're not talking about and we're going to talk about it in a, yeah. in a bit i promise it's it, it comes I'm, up again we're trying to be like chronological about this which maybe isn't the best way to like have this conversation but like um just a te- teaser lee's a big piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> uh group date rachel shows up with her squad which includes raven alexis corinne and jasmine love it uh, and this season of Bip is gonna be so fucking good. Yeah, the ladies are going to go on the date with the men. All of them are on, right? All of them are on Bip. Yes, all of them are on Bip. What's up? I'm not 100 percent on that. They are. I, oh, they are. Who are you unsure about? Uh, I didn't know if it was both Raven and Alexis. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, they all get on a party bus. Uh, and on party buses has been my experience and is true on the show, there are poles, which may be for structural reasons. I don't know. <laughs> it's a load-bearing bus pole that's <laughs> holding up the roof of the bus. But it always demands that somebody get up on the pole, uh, at which point Bryce rises to the occasion, and then Kenny reveals his hidden talents, uh, which we saw a little bit at the Ellen show. We find out later, and this has been confirmed on the internet, a hundred times over, Kenny was a Chippendales dancer. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a little scuttlebutt. Yeah, uh, Raven... Raven decides that she's going to ask some of the guys who might be there for the wrong reasons. Yes. And so she kind of pulls Bryce aside. Is it Bryce or Brady? It's Bryce. Bri- Bryce. Uh, Bryce is the transphobic, also yes. piece of shit. Uh, kind of leans over to Bryce and asks who's there for the wrong reasons. And Bryce kind of reinterprets that as who is wrong for Rachel. Uh, and he says, Eric. 
And then apparently, and we don't get to see this happen, Raven also talks to um, Lee. Lee, and Lee also says Eric. So uh, the group date goes to a small bar that has a large mud pit. Uh, there's a like a crowd, in addition to uh, Rachel's squad, there's also a crowd of women around this mud pit. And the men find out that they are going to be mud wrestling. Uh, and so as the guys go get ready for this, uh, understandably, there's some trepidation about <laughs> Kenny, because Kenny is a professional wrestler. And he's also doing his fucking promo like yeah what's his thing he's the pit bull pretty boy the pretty boy pit bull something like that uh and he he is he's obviously going to fucking butcher everybody there at this um aj is also there uh oh yeah we get a quick shot of of adam very quick very quick shot um and so the guys all get in their little swim shorts and the women in ravens or in rachel's squad are all in ponchos because it is about to get very muddy. There is a there, before even a match takes place, uh, th- and this happens a couple of times. There is a cut to a a woman in the audience who, amidst absolute silence, shouts, "Show us your junk!" <laughs> it wasn't even like it was it, like all of the people were like cheering and yelling. It was just like, and it was so awkward because you could tell like. Somebody said, like, somebody asked for the, somebody shout right now. Quiet. Can we have some quiet, please? Okay. You go ahead and ask to see junk. <laughs> yeah. It happens later. And it's, again, like all of the women standing behind this one woman, completely silent and motionless <laughs> as she shouts, like, yeah, I want to see your butt. And it's like, that's not how, any, that's, that's, not, that's, that doesn't feel organic, Bachelorette. Just dead silence and like, Wiener time. <laughs> Make your mouth in a kissy face at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to see your hand on your chest and rub circular. <laughs> yeah, spread your butt cheeks way out. Uh, I. <laughs> uh, so there's lots of matches. Um, and I wrote down all the results, but it's really not important. It's not important. It comes down to Bryce and Kenny. Kenny does, uh, wrestle Lee and oh, fucking like him. Brock Lesnar. And then blows a kiss at Rachel. He fucking, straight. yeah, he straight up like pile drives. I thought he broke his fucking neck and then turns over to Rachel and blows a kiss and ev- like, go watch this, this one like half second of footage as the the squad she is with reacts as if the f- the kiss hit them with like actual <laughs> they force. all like jump to their feet jasmine like is knocked backwards by it because <laughs> it's the fucking best thing ever but then sad- uh, sadly sadly bryce beats kenny fucking set up i don't really know what bryce superpower he he, he employed he but... wrestled right after kenny's last match i think uh, kenny might have just been wiped. out of juice out of the juice. So Rachel debriefs with her squad. Yes. And the women all like Dean. Uh, which, do you remember anything about Dean? I mean, he's the one who said, once you go back, you oh, yeah. don't go back. That's for sure. True. Um, which we've gotten some criticism, uh, specifically speaking about this one thing that like, we're still really hard on Dean when this is a phrase that not inherently like, um, everyone hates like not all people of color find especially problematic like the, there are there is a 
Um, there are definitely people for whom like this, this, this phrase has been reclaimed. And so like, I think folks are critical of us for saying that like, it's, it's weird that Rachel's into this dude. Um, which like, if it's, if that is the case, like that's, that's totally fine. Like all, all we can kind of speak for is person, personally, it makes me uncomfortable. It's like something that I would not say if it's, if if it's empowering for, for folks, like I get it, but like, I also like, I don't know. I, I was willing to give him a pass if he later came on and said, Hey, you know what? I was super nervous and that was really dumb. I guess I just kept expecting him to kind of backpedal from it and he never did. Once he found out she liked it, he was like, cool. I meant to. But there are people for, for whom like it is not, um, it's not offensive and it's not an issue. It's not a problem. It is, it, 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 it can be empowering. And it's like, that's, that's, that's fine. And like, I, I, I don't know if we made a blanket statement, like it sucks that Rachel's into this dude, like, um, I don't know. That's not yeah. where I'm at. No, I just think, yeah, I just think I'm it's kind of either. a, I think it's kind of a shit way to like introduce yourself to somebody on television, but there's yeah. a lot of things that do not operate in a, um, logical way on this inherently illogical television show. Exactly. Uh, so the women all like Dean, uh, Raven shares, Raven shares the concerns she heard about Eric. Uh, and Jasmine tries to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt and just says, you know, Eric seems very serious to me. Uh, but Raven said, you know, I talked to Bryce and he's boys. I talked Shitty to boys. Lee and they had concerns about him. We get this nice moment with Rachel and Kenny where Kenny talks about being a former Chippendale dancer and then takes off his sweater and tears his white undershirt and twirls it over his head. And I just thought, Hey, thanks Kenny for showing us what you can do. Kenny's so much fun. He's I fun. like Kenny a lot. He's fun. Uh, so this is this is the portion of the date where all the men are getting some time with Rachel. So when it comes time for Eric's turn, uh, Eric just kind of lays it all out on the table so that he's been feeling vulnerable uh, and has some concerns kind of about where she's at. And she says, you know, I want you to know I see you and I'm happy you're here and I really want to get to know you. Uh, and it seems like they're kind of finding their footing again and then she's like hey i want to tell you about these rumors uh that came from bryce and lee uh that maybe you're you're kind of doubting my sincerity uh and she's like i don't want you to know that i'm very serious and he's like i wonder why they would say that and so he goes back to the fire where everyone's kind of clustered around and decides to confront lee and bryce which immediately the other dudes on the date were like Well, I'm going to (laughs) go. Yeah. Uh, And kind of leaves the three of them there. Um, Uh, And Bryce kind of explains where he's coming from, says, you know, I just, you, uh, what? what I forget. I fucking forget what Bryce says. I don't know what Bryce says, but he, he basically says like, it That's was, not the way it was I nothing personal. It. I think yeah. they were just asking of like of the dudes on this bus, like who is the least experienced in love. And I, I said you. Yeah. And I, it really wasn't anything personal. Um, and Eric, Eric takes that at face value and says, you know, you have kind of a good energy and I, and I believe what you're saying. Lee says, uh, that, you know, but you have the least relationship experience and you have an experience loved and, you know, I love you, man, but, you know, I just like, I just, he's don't saying know. like, I respect you and like, I love yeah. you. I love you, man. But like, you, you, you know, you, I respect you and I love you, man. And, um, you know, it wasn't anything personal. It was just like, I don't think that, um, you have as much. I feel like the two of them basically said the same fucking thing. And Eric's only response to was like to Bryce, like, you know, I believe it coming from you, but like Lee, 
I don't, there's something about your energy where I just don't think it's real. And Lee just keeps saying like, all right, uh, well, listen, I love you, man. And like, uh, and, and eventually Eric says like, why do you keep saying that? Yeah. Well, and then this is where Lee, I think starts to realize that Eric's not buying it because then he brings up the Iggy thing. Yeah. He says, well, I saw you yell at Iggy and I just gotta be honest. Like I, I just had some concerns about that. Um, it, and it, there's an, there's an in the moment interview here with Lee where it's like, you can literally watch the, it, it, in this one, like 10 second interview, he was like, I'll be a villain. And then just fucking goes for it, like fucking leans right, right yeah, into it. He says, and like, his, Eric's so naive. And his entire demeanor changes on the rest of the show, where, like, anytime he's nearby any kind of confrontation now, he, like, has to dip his fucking toe in it and, like, it makes these, like, wild faces whenever Eric says, like, anything, like, what? <laughs> I, you guys are hearing this too, right? <laughs> uh, all right. Let's fucking talk about Lee. Okay. So. Uh, Eric does get the Eric gets the rose, which is, shuts Lee the fuck up. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of stuff Lee stuff that happened in the last week. I can't believe it's just been in the last week. It must have like started popping off right after the episode went up. I think it did. Yeah. Uh, he is. Uh, he he's a big piece of shit. He had a a lot of tweets from 2015 and 2016. Yeah, they're they're sexist and racist. Here's a so I want to go off a Refinery29 article here by um, Caitlin Flynn, Bachelorette contestant Lee Garrett shares how he was cast, which I don't really give as much of a shit about that particular angle, Um, but that he uh, tweeted some really shitty stuff about Black Lives Matter, feminism, Islam, and the LGBTQ community um, over the last two years or so. So, like, God, his fucking Twitter profile picture is him wearing a cowboy hat sitting in front of an American flag. Uh, what's the difference between the NAACP and the KKK? Wait for it. One has the sense of shame to cover their racist-ass faces. Like, fucking holy... It's it's not just, like, um, disagreeable views. It's, like, actively, like, very, very, very racist yeah. shit. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you could always... I mean, you couldn't always, but sometimes you can make the argument that someone is just... Raised in a small town and ignorant, but no, he is hostile. He's hostile about it. Like it's 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 the type of Twitter person who's like goes out and like makes sure that like um whenever they can get a hand on the 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 racist ball, the bigot ball, they like yes. make sure that they fucking wade into it. Um there's stuff a lot of stuff about the uh election, as you might imagine, a lot of stuff about uh feminism and Black Lives Matter. Uh he yeah. <sighs> I'm torn because I don't want to read his fucking tweets, but like I think it is important for context. He says, when is the last time you actually saw a pretty feminist? There is a reason for this. Cool, 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 cool. <sighs> he fucking sucks, right? Like yeah. these these views are not just like, oh, he's uh, he's conservative, so let's fucking like and so shame argument, him or whatever. The argument has become, did producers know about this when they cast him it seems like they would have to know because it seems like they would have to do research or at least look at twitter accounts this is this is either like were the cast were the casting directors and the people who decided to put lee on this show really in, uh, inept and really really bad at their fucking jobs or are they assholes and I, I, in, whenever we talk about this stuff, I almost always assume assholes. Like, I almost always assume, like, yeah, me too. this was a, a, this was a thing that was sought out or at the very least known about. And it was, well, it's the first black lead and the most diverse cast that we've ever had. Let's see what happens when we add 
this this huge bigot. Let's see what happens. There hasn't Which, been there hasn't been much from like the show proper about Chris this Harrison stuff. Did. Chris Harrison tweeted and said, "For those asking, no, of course we didn't know about the offensive tweet from Lee's accounts. None of us were aware of them. Very unfortunate. Yeah, it's pretty fucking unfortunate. Um, but I, I don't know that we've heard much from like the actual like creators of of the show about this. We haven't heard like." Are y'all going to do anything Which about Which kind of implies guilt a little bit, doesn't uh, it? A little bit. And like, obviously, like this show happened a long time ago. So it's not like you can walk into the house right now and kick Lee the fuck out. I get it. But like, um, this, this, this is, a, this is the thing this fucking show is doing. And maybe it used to do it more back when like I didn't watch it and wasn't as critical about it. But like, well, this is we've watched the first few seasons. The first few seasons, they didn't manufacture drama the way they do now. No, this isn't. I, I, I'm not even talking about the manufactured drama. I'm talking about. Uh, okay, so like Lee did an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, which again, like, I don't take his word for fucking anything, of course, but um, he says that he was scouted. He says that he wasn't really interested in trying out for the Bachelorette, but that like a casting person reached out to him. Uh, he didn't know that Rachel was going to be the bachelorette, but he has some bullshit about how excited he was. Um, and so like, if that's true, fuck me. Like, yeah, you didn't even audition. They sought you out. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. It, it, it it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Like it's, it's, this is, cause this isn't like the, the stark contrast between, uh, fucking Bazinga and, the other dudes whose name I fortunately have already forgotten their whole drama to like this person who is now obviously going to be the villain now for at least a bit until he gets kicked off the show um, is, is it's really galling because it's yeah. fucking, it's fucking, it's rot all over again. It's uh, it obviously is. it's a different type of thing, but it's like this show it does a really dangerous thing when it conflates entertainment television villainy with actual fucking super harmful, super, super shitty and super real stuff. That's a great distinction. And one thing somebody pointed out in the group, the villain, quote unquote, from Nick's season was Corinne. Yeah. Like, it's, there's no comparison. And there was some problematic stuff that happened there too, but like, this is, this is a different, this is a different thing. It's, it's a good comparison, but like, Corinne, like, there was obviously some gross stuff there with like, uh, her and, her and Taylor and yeah, like. Yeah, but, but not against a whole population of people. Several populations of, 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 of people. Unless that, more that like, this dude's a fucking bigot piece of shit. He's, a, he's an, he's an absolute ghoul. And this show, for whatever reason, if if he's telling the truth, sought him out. Maybe they didn't, but even if he slipped through the regular casting process, that's still kind of appalling. Is now on this show where he's a villain, and this show, sorry y'all, loves its villains. Yeah, like, well, and it, and that's that's the the dangerous thing about the villain character is that they do it every season, and so it's only natural to try and put them all in a big box together. But that box is getting pretty scary lately. It's a shitty box. It's not like, oh, this guy is just kind of a jerk. It's like, this guy is dangerous. And you've put him in this category with other people who used to be relatively harmless. Right. Like on one end of that box is fucking dumb old Justin, the rated R reality star. Yeah. Who, like 
walk through a bush wearing a boot on his foot because he got caught with a girlfriend. And on the other side of it is like this one dude who's like really abusive. And then this one dude who's like a fucking huge bigot. And it's like those two aren't, those two aren't even in the same genus. Yeah. I know. I, I, just what happens in the rest of this episode is like, I felt wicked uncomfortable watching it. And based on the preview for the next episode, yeah. and God, I hope that's as far as it gets, it's going to be wicked uncomfortable, which this is actually a good time for us to mention. I'm not going to be on the next episode of Rose Buddies. I think Travis is going to fill in because I'll be at E3. Um, I wanted to announce that with more pomp and circumstance. Okay. Well, I just did, but like <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's, it's really, I, uh, it's not, um, it's not enjoyable. It's not enjoyable to watch. It's like really, uh, it's really upsetting because it, it now it, it, and maybe it would have looked like this if we didn't know about like all these tweets. Just looks like a fucking racist white dude being racist to like some black guys on a television show. That's what it looks like. And that's what it looks like it's going to be next week. And like, that sucks, especially on this season. It, 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 I, I think that the, there's probably an argument that somebody makes that's completely off base about like, well, if they shut him down, then this show's making a powerful statement about, yeah. no, this season is about like a, a, a black woman, like being fucking in, in charge and being desired. And like yeah. the fact that somebody made the apparently conscious choice to say like, well, what if there's like a huge, uh, racist who thinks that the NAACP is racist and thinks that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization, um, is a, trying to win her heart to maybe get married at the end. Like, it's so fucked. It's yeah. so fucked. Yeah. It sounds like, I don't know. I, Griffin and I obviously were not, um, we're not super idealistic about this show. But I like to think that they are giving the leads a fair shot at finding love. And it makes me mad when it becomes clear that a lot of these producers are cynical and they don't care at all about that. And also, you can't not fucking talk about race on this season basically at all, guys. And then also have a fucking racist on the yeah, show. Go fuck yourself. You don't get to not have this awesome cake and then fucking shit where the cake should be and actually show us that shit. It <laughs> fucking sucks. Everything about this sucks, man. This is the kind of shit that like when Rod was happening and then it looked like he was going to come back for Bip a second time and yeah. like was on Bip even the first time. And I was like, this is the kind of shit that's going to make me stop watching this show someday. This show's going to go on until the heat death of the universe and I'm going to stop watching it someday. And like, it's not, it's not fucking, it's not fucking fun when this shit happens. Obviously, like, obviously that's low, low on my list of concerns is like, oh no, it's tarnished my enjoyment for the show, but it, it, it fucking sucks. Like everything about this sucks. I, I am optimistic. Based on the, based on the, so we do see a trailer for, and we'll, I guess we'll get to Lee this will one. Go home. Yeah. Just because we see like a lot of the dudes confronting him yeah. and. I'm so what we saw in the trailer was like um, a lot of the a lot of the black men in the house were like hey, hey, hey. we see a, a, a thing with Will saying like so there is like a, a a public image of of black men that you are playing into and then Lee just like flashes his shit eating grin uh, we see Kenny say whisper 
uh, Lee, you're a B word to him. So like, it seems like this thing is probably going to snowball next week. And I hope it doesn't go any further than this. But like, the fact this dude made on the show at all is like a real big bummer. So at the end of this episode, we get a cocktail party. Yeah. That is to be continued. Um, during the cocktail party, Eric, um, ends up confronting a lot of the guys because Iggy decides to go to Rachel and explain his issues with Eric and how he's concerned that Eric, um, doesn't believe that she's really investing in the process. Iggy like lies, like Iggy straight up lies, like says like, yeah, he said that you were, uh, he, he what Eric said, I can't so remember. How real do you think she's taking this? Uh, and Rachel says, oh, that's, that's fine. You know, like I understand. I have no problem with that. that. He and then he like, he like doubles down and is like, yeah, he said that he didn't think you were being genuine or that you, he had concerns about whether you were being genuine. Which isn't what he said, but like Iggy just wanted to get a fucking a little word in. Yeah, and so there. then Iggy goes to tell Eric, "Oh, hey, by the way, I just told on you." Uh, and Eric said, "Why? Why would you do that? Why are you talking about me? What does that have to do with you?" Uh, and Iggy's like, "Well, I just feel like you know you have a lot to figure out." Uh, and Eric's like, "Well, that's that's great for me." <laughs> and I, I mean, I appreciate the concern and the advice, but what does that have to do with me and Rachel? Um, and, and then he, Eric decides to go back to the room because Lee also brings up his concerns to Rachel. Uh, and then Rachel decides to look for Eric and say, Hey, what's going on? I mean, I'm going to let you keep your rose, but I, I have my antenna up because I'm worried that I'm hearing all this stuff from the other guys. And that's when Eric, so Eric gathers up like everybody in the house and says like, I don't know what I did to like make everybody start targeting me like this, but like it's, it, it sucks and focus on your own shit and keep yeah, my name like, out of your mouth. Don't make it about me. Like if you have time with her, like it's not about me, like make it about you. Like we are good. You don't have to be concerned about whether or not like I'm here for yeah. the right reason. And this whole time, like we keep getting these fucking shots of Lee just like, <laughs> all right, man. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, really, really just like, I mean, he's antagonizing him to like get him worked up, um, so that he will, so that he'll yell more and that yeah. she will walk in on Eric yeah. yelling. And then maybe that'll be the ball, which is like, yeah, Eric, Eric's kind of starts saying, you know, um, because the guys start saying, well, it's, it's not about you, Eric. It's not about you. And he's like, what well, is about me? Because my name is in your mouth. He says, um, I, you, I don't know if you all think I'm a threat. And this is when Lee just like starts screaming at him also. Like, this is, this is what I'm saying. Like, Lee is so not fucking invested in this. Like, there is no reason for him to do this unless he's just actively antagonizing Eric to get him like, to get him to yell more. He's just like, we're all threats. Yeah. Just like shouting at him. Uh, and the, the confrontation just kind of like keeps building and building. Yeah. It escalates. And then we get a to be continued and we get kind of a preview of the continued cocktail party from next week where it sounds like there's a lot of division that continues in the house. And a lot of people confronting Lee, which like, yeah. Uh, so, and then we also get the booger roll. I, it feels so weird to now talk about the booger roll, but one of the dudes is a model. 
Brady. Brady, Brody, Brand. Brady. Brandil. Yeah, he, in the nice little after show snippet, he uh, explains how to model as if you have just picked your nose. It's great. Um, so <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you think this fucking, do you think the people who make this show are ever going to like, in the after the final rose shit, it's gotta, like, right? It's gotta, hey, Lee, what's up? Oh, man. Hey, what's up? The NAACP is the same as the KKK? Can you, can you tell me more about that? Like, it's gonna, that's gonna come up, right? Men and like, tell all for sure. The, the men tell all. That's what I meant. Yeah. Like, there's no, right now, this show and the people who make it, it seems like are just kind of keeping their fucking head down and like, just trying to power through this whole Lee thing. And they will not be able to do that at the men, men tell all. And I just, I, I, I just want to know how much do, of this. They'll how, deny any responsibility and they'll make Lee into their scapegoat. Like we had nothing to do with this. Isn't Lee terrible? Let's tear him apart on TV. That's, that's what'll happen. Yeah. It, Not it, that Lee deserves anything better, but I just, I know the show, the show will protect itself. It just, uh, there has to be, there has to be some like, accountability well i i I, i'm i'm just so desperately curious about like what the process was for getting this fucking dude on the show and where that process broke down and like until this show says otherwise and i don't know too many people who disagree with this i'm just gonna assume this was all intentional this this let's put this let's make this whole thing boil over by throwing a genuine racist in the mix and see if anybody notices as a cool social experiment. Like, that's what I assume you fucking did. And all of that just, it, it, it stinks on ice. The rest of the episode was so fucking good though. Got a lot of good Kenny moments. Good Kenny moments, good Alex moments, good Peter moment in there. What was the good Peter moment? I just had some nice time on the couch. <laughs> A lot of good Rachel moments. All the Rachel moments are good. Oh, God. When Rachel said goodbye to Demario, I fell in love with her. good. She cussed. She cussed, and it made me happy. That was the Rose Buddies. Well, Rachel, see you next week. And come to Polygon, though, for all the hot video game scoops. I'm going to be dishing. And go to maximumfun.org and go click on all the free podcasts there and go listen to them. You're going to like them a lot. And go to macroshows.com and um, you can we see We haven't other been stuff to the P.O. Box in a while. I'm oh, sorry. shit. Folks, we've been busy. We've been real busy. Um, I think that's about it, though. Anything yeah. else? Nope, that's it. All right, we'll see you next time. Go join the Rose Buddies Facebook group. It's real fun. Uh, until next time, I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right reasons. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Podcasts. 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 <laughs> They're audio programs that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this. Like this. Like this. Yeah. But let's face it. All that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop Podcasting Yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes. Or MaximumFun.org.